hello, hello, and welcome to Angair. So without any further ado, let's get talking. Guys, I know it's been a while since the first episode dropped. Life has been happening a lot recently. Um, so I thought for a second episode, I could speak a little on what's been going on with me um, and why I haven't necessarily um, recorded or put anything else out there after the first episode. Um, and what's been going on mostly is just career blips. Um, so I started a new job at the beginning of September. Um, I had applied for this job when I felt quite depleted in my last role and I needed a change um, of environment and sector because I used to work for um, a private healthcare and sourcing company. Um, so I just needed a change really. And I got to this new job um, within the PR sort of social media sector industry um, in late July with the month's notice period for me to start at the beginning of, beginning of September. So I was utterly absolutely over the moon with the new opportunity I mean the pay was marginally better the company had seemed to have a massive great stand on diversity and inclusion um, because they seemed to they actually had action points to monitor and increase their diversity in all aspects and I loved that because for me wherever I work diversity is very very important to feel as if the company is represented by the culture around you, meaning they have people from all walks of life, people from all backgrounds, because I, I literally believe that when we have diverse voices, diverse people, you have diverse perspective, then you have creativity and innovation, and we're all able to learn from each other. So the company seemed to do that very, very well, and I gravitated towards that. And the people who interviewed me seemed genuinely happy to be working within the company. Um, and, the, and then as I started, I met some people who were at the company for eight years, six years that had worked there, you know, they seemed to really sort of get a lot from the company and they really loved what they were doing within the company. Um, so I was utterly over the moon and the people who interviewed me also made me feel so welcomed they listened to my reasoning for leaving my pre previous role which I was there for two years um and they they were very sort of they declared that you know their va they valued each member of their team recognizing and supporting them and you know sort of putting that support around each person within this department that I was joining and it just seemed perfect, really. So I was very, very ecstatic to be joining. Um, absolutely exuberant to be joining such an amazing organisation and team. Um, however, last week, I decided to resign from the job after being there for only six weeks in the role. Um, and guys, when I say, say that, I never, ever thought that I would be, you know, this was something I would do in my career, you know, resigning from a job that I had only occupied for such a short span of time. It seemed utterly crazy. Um, and as I wrote my sort of letter of resignation last week, I, I started thinking about resigning on Thursday after my working out after my after working Thursday. So that evening I sort of thought about it Friday. I had morning, I had this 
thing where I was telling myself, Jasmine, you're crazy. You can't resign from a job that you've only been there for six weeks. You seem to be enjoying it. You've faced lots of adversities in your life. You can surely face this and, you know, do well. You just need to stick with it. And because I'm that sort of person, I was like, okay, let me write down all, you know, all the reasons or what I can do to to excel in this new role, what I can do to learn and to push myself. And honestly, guys, I literally believed that I was going to stay by the end of Friday. Um, however, as I spoke to loved ones and friends and family, it became more apparent that the best sort of action point will be for me to resign from the role because it wasn't serving me at all. It was putting me in this negative self-talk narrative that I hadn't had for years and it made you know the situation made me feel very sort of shitty forgive my French um in my sort of it made me feel shitty really um so even as I wrote my letter of resignation on Monday um I kept thinking to myself gosh what will this look like on my CV? Um, you know, surely working in a company for two months makes me look rather unreliable to potential um, jobs and potential opportunities. Um, and also, how would I explain this short sort of service? Um, so I had all these things going on around in my head, going, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Even though I knew that this was the right thing for me to do. Um, So you might be wondering, why resign? Um, So at the end of the week of the 3rd of October, something happened while I was at work that made me choose sort of my well-being over staying in the role. Um, So I was in a team meeting with some of the head of departments discussing resourcing needs and resolving some of the queries when all of a sudden I stuttered really, really terribly. Um, Guys, this isn't your typical... I am so nervous moment, so I'm using so many ums, ums, ums throughout the sentences. And it isn't actually, it wasn't a moment where I was like, I'm so nervous that I'm fumbling my words a bit as I try to articulate what I'm saying. It was a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, nothing is coming out. And when I tried to make it come out, I sort of stopped my breathing pipes, which made it even worse. And tears were just like sort of streaming down my face as I couldn't speak at all and so this was a full-blown stuttering episode Um, and I've experienced stuttering tendencies since I was five years old Um, I think mostly because of you know sort of trauma a little bit of trauma a little bit of all of these different things but I had experienced stuttering since I was five years old Um, when I lived in Tanzania and I, when I was younger, um, as I talked to my mother on Friday, that Friday, when I was like, oh my gosh, I need somebody who understands to sort of give me guidance and to listen to me. My mother just looked at me and said, you know, I haven't, you haven't started like this since you were, you know, 13 or like, I, th- I struggled loads on it, my teenage sort of years, but she would say, even as I was speaking to her on Friday, I was stuttering and I could not understand what had happened. Um, so I had 
you know, struggled with stuttering since I was five years old. In my teenage years, my stuttering was quite bad. So bad that I chose to live life in the background, frozen by the fear of stuttering and the consequences that would follow. And you know what, guys? Like, I am so blessed that 13 years old, you know, middle school, high school, university, I there were t- moments where I stuttered terribly, but no one ever laughed. Nobody ever made me feel less than because of my inability to speak. Um, not at all, which is very shocking, isn't it? Because children, I think, can be so... We could be... Can be very biting and sometimes not um, aware or kind. But I never experienced any... No one ever made me feel less than. I think it was more of a mental thing for myself where... I sort of saw myself <clears throat> as this person who just stuttered and and then as a result of that I thought to myself I can never be a leader I can never sort of lead a presentation lead a team because I stutter how would I really lead a team if I'm here just stuttering and stuttering away I can hardly get a word edgewise and um, so that was my teenage years I remember in high school we had to do presentations in English class um, where we had to recite um, Romeo and Juliet. I think almost everybody had to do it. And I went to my teacher and I told her, actually, I can't do it because I stutter. And she said, she said, okay, you don't have to do it. So I spent most of my, you know, 13 to 18 years old getting out of it telling my teachers, no, I stutter, I can't talk. And there was, they were understanding and they were like, okay, you don't have to do it. But obviously that also has an adverse effect, doesn't it? Me sort of looking at these opportunities and running away from them confirmed in my mind even more, Jasmine, you can't speak. You cannot sort of lead, you cannot present, you cannot. So even though my teachers were being very, very kind, um, they were enabling, in a way, my own self-perception of a person who couldn't speak or couldn't take leadership position or couldn't present or couldn't, you know, couldn't share my opinion. Because if I did, I might stutter and then people might look at me differently. They might be weird about it. They might treat me differently as, you know, because of it. So... As I finished university, obviously university, I couldn't get out of it. Professors were like, okay, do it anyways. (laughs) So I had to learn a little bit in how to speak. And I sort of found on YouTube um, a stuttering foundation in in New York City that works with people who stutter. And obviously I didn't attend um, that sort of institution, but I listen to people's stories people whose stuttering was so much worse than me and yet they were out there in the world being presenters and being chief editors and doing what they wanted to do people who didn't let their stuttering get in the way of you know their calling and their purposes in life and I was so um I was so challenged and so humbled I was like oh my gosh I need to get 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 out of this headspace where I look at myself and I go you can't do it because if you're stuttering because here is evidence that people who stutter can do it all they can have a normal life they can be presenters they can be on television they can be 
editors in chief they can you know campaign for a better world they can do anything and so that sort of experience finding that on youtube sort of gave me a well-rounded perspective of people who stuttered people who were like me but they didn't let that sort of didn't let their tendencies to stutter define them as people they didn't let that become their identity which i think over time from the age of 5 to 18 20 i had allowed that to be my identity and so thursday when the stuttering happened it was the first time in years where i had had that episode that you know where i had stuttered and i could not get a word out and i mean i carried on of course i stopped and i told everybody i'm sorry i do have the tendency to stutter bear with me a moment and i will try again and speak um and i did but after the meeting i completely sort of lost it i cried i, I was just luckily one of the people that you know stayed behind and very he was very very kind so encouraging shared his own journey with something he struggled with it was so much what i needed um to just have that human contact and that support and that person who says you know you were great you were actually brave to stop in the middle of your you know talking and just say guys this is what i struggle with give me a moment and i'll go back to it and so so kind i was so appreciative of him for being there and for his compassion and empathy and that but that's not what i felt with my immediate manager there wasn't that empathy there there wasn't that support there and it felt like thursday went from a day where i was oh my gosh this stuttering thing happened after years of not happening to being told oh you're not doing great oh you're not doing you're not pulling your weight or you're not you know just it didn't feel like there was any support and even when i did say this is massive for me it hasn't happened there was no support there and friday i tried to say jasmine you can do it you can you know you can get over this you can still do this role but as i spoke to people who knew me and you know family and friends i knew that i couldn't be in a place where there wasn't that support you know stuttering doesn't it's not my identity i've learned that over the years that it's not my identity that it will not di- dictate what i can and cannot do however i do need to be in an environment where my direct report my direct support supports me in those moments where it is inevitable that it will happen again i need to feel supported i need to feel like you know after the all those conversation i felt as if my stuttering made me incapable of doing my job which is something i haven't felt in years that's the conversation that i had with my direct report after that made me feel very shitty um forgive my french very very shitty where i was just like doubting myself where i was going back to that old narrative of 
I can't lead, I can't present, I can't, you know, because of that lack of support, because of the way in which, you know, sort of the conversations had that I had a meeting with my supervisor after Thursday and then Friday morning where the sort of rhetoric or like the phrases that kept coming up and up were just oh you're not doing this you're not doing and before then I hadn't really had this sort of feedback you know there wasn't that transparency of oh you're not performing or you're not and for me it just made me go oh gosh Thursday happened and all of a sudden I'm not doing my job properly um so it made me feel very shitty and then it just made me go I can't be in an environment where you know I don't feel supported in all aspects of my in my state you know in as a person I don't have that support where because then he made me very very anxious I started going oh my gosh oh my god worrying that every meeting I go to where I start to speak if it happens again what would that reaction be again will I be told oh you need to think about if this job is really what you want to do because that is what I was told to think about on Thursday and Friday after it all and for me it was just very wild to think oh golly this thing has happened you know that is inevitable that is not shameful that is not bad it's not bad to stutter it's not shameful to stutter and yet he, he made me feel after those conversations that's how I felt that it was wrong to stutter that it made me incapable that I was you know incapable that I wasn't good enough at the job that I wasn't you know and it just made me doubt 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 and guys I could have probably stayed but my well bit my mental stability and my ability you know my my self-talk would have deteriorated even more and so I chose to resign from a job that I had only occupied for a short span of time because it was the right it's the right thing for my for me as a person yes the pay was great I was excited to be in a new sector to learn new things I was excited to be challenged and to meet different sort of people but I didn't bank on being made to feel as if me stuttering was somehow a bad thing and I have sort of experienced this in the past not other people making me feel it but myself where I have made myself believe that I can't do things because I stuttered and I did not want to sort of recreate that narrative in my mind where I was like oh I can't stutter I stutter therefore I can't do this because it's so detrimental so I resigned and even though now I'm like oh my gosh what is next what do I do obviously just apply for jobs and go for interviews and you can never know what a company will be like really until you start working but I am hopeful for the future I'll be 25 next month and I'm so proud of myself for doing something that scared me resigning from a good opportunity a good paying job to to protect my my peace and to protect 
my sort of mental self-talk and my well-being. So I'm very, I was so proud, even this week as I think about it, um, I'm very, very proud of myself because I would never have in a million years thought I was capable of doing something like that. Um, so yeah, guys, that is what has been going on. And I know that in this episode, I haven't stuttered at all. And I don't think I did on my first episode either. But it's something that happens. If I had recorded this last week, I would have been stuttering. And I probably couldn't have been able to get a lot of words out. But I've taken the time. Last week, I had three days to just rest. I went into Notting Hill um, market uh, and just had fun. I had I took time to just rest and I'm still taking the time to rest and it feels so good and I am very I'm like okay I'm growing 25 almost 25 and doing what I need to do to for my well-being my mental well-being and being true to myself <laughs> And being kind to myself, you know? And so, obviously, not everybody has the ability to just leave their job. I'm privileged in that I, I live with my grandparent, with my grandpa. So it's even though I would have loved to stay in that job, I'm like, okay, it's perfect opportunities. I don't have... You know, I don't have rent or any of that. And I know that that's not everybody's situation. And it's so, it must be so hard to be in a job where you don't feel that support in a job that drains you and depletes you because you have those responsibilities. But I encourage you not to give up. That even as you're in this job, you might, if, if you are in a job that depletes you, that drains you, that doesn't, you know, that fails to assert your value, continue, even as you work, set times during the weekend, in the evening to, to look at other opportunities and see what is out there, because I do really believe that there are good companies, good jobs out there, and everybody, everybody deserves to be in a job that they love, that they enjoy, in a job that fulfills them, in a job, in a, company where management sort of validate your humanity management you know support you and lead with compassion and empathy so I do encourage you not to give up whatever your career situation at the moment don't give up continue to to take those extra courses, the certifications, there's so many um, free sort of institutions, especially now with the web, the web, who calls it the web, but with the internet and Google, you can find courses, whether you enjoy marketing or writing or blogging or, and you can, even as you're in a job that doesn't necessarily stimulate you mentally, you can find ways to be mentally stimulated by learning 
and also continuing to look for other opportunities. Because I do believe that there are places for every one of us out there. <laughs> you know, that we can do it in our 20s. We can, have a, we can have a fulfilling career. And so, sweet friends, that is my hope for myself as I go into these next couple of weeks applying for jobs and going to interviews. My hope is finding a job that I enjoy and also a management where I feel supported for all that I am. And that's my hope for you too. Because we can do it. And those places exist and they're amazing women who have created those spaces. And yeah, anyways, I'm derailing. But yeah, that, that is all that has been happening in my life um, at the moment. And I hope it serves as a bit of an encouragement to you and to not give up. Even if you are in that dead end job or you're struggling where you're at at the moment with your career, don't give up. Continue to push forward. And I really, really do believe that there are opportunities out there. There are places out there for each one of us. <laughs> and so this is Onger and I really look forward to, yeah, speaking with you again next week. Bye-bye.